following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Wednesday, August 29th. I'm Josh Dunn. I'm joined this evening as we record on Tuesday by Dan Bauer. Dan, I missed you guys the last uh, show or two. I don't remember how many I missed, but uh, how are you feeling this evening? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now that you're back. Excited to have you back with us, buddy. Excited to be back. We've got some NFL news for you guys here today as we help you get through the beginning of your hump day. Uh, the biggest news is Odell Beckham Jr. signing one of the biggest contracts in the history of the NFL. Uh, Dan, what did you have to say about this OBJ uh, contract extension. We were all expecting him to get one, but the numbers were pretty gaudy. Yeah, I mean, like you said, one of the biggest in NFL history, highest paid receiver now. Uh, he will be coming in 2018. And for a guy, it's going to sound like a little bit of a hot take, but for a guy who's had trouble staying on the field uh, between his rookie year and obviously last season only playing four games, it's it's a lot of money for a guy who if he's if he's healthy, he's arguably the best receiver in the game. Uh, probably Antonio Brown and him one and one A. But when he's not right, that's a whole lot of guaranteed money that you're giving him to to be injured to sit on the bench for a guy with some some attitude issues. It was kind of up in the air whether he even wanted to stay in New York. Um, and so just a lot of moving parts and a lot of very questioning why you give a guy like I said with injury issues, with attitude issues, uh, and make him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. It's just, it, it's a little out of this world for the value that you're getting. And like I said, obviously if he's healthy, he's one of the best top, you know, two, three receivers in the NFL. Um, but with those, the NFL is a league of, of certainty of trying to minimize risk and minimize uh, question marks. And he's kind of one of the bigger question marks you have. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, the deal itself, $90 million base value, $65 million of that's guaranteed money, and then $5 million of, uh, the, $5 million of his deal is an incentive. So a total of $95 million he can make over the five-year extension. Uh, pretty pretty insane when you think about it. And you mentioned uh, Antonio Brown being you know, probably 1A to, to Odell Beckham being 1B. Uh, this now puts Beckham you know, pretty, pretty well ahead of Antonio Brown's $17 million a year that he's making. Um, and also, you know, you've got Mike Evans, who's got $55 million in guarantees, who's the highest guaranteed contract in, as far as wide receivers go. So this is, a, this is a significant deal for the NFL. I think it definitely reshapes the way that you look at, you know, what, what receivers can make. And I think we, we see one or two of these deals every year where, you know, there's a player who – is do an extension and gets it and it ends up being, you know, it ends up being kind of the benchmark for deals to come. Uh, you mentioned a couple good points though. Obviously Beckham has had some issues staying on the field and, you know, he's had some, I guess, attitude issues. You, we all remember the, the boat incident. Uh, so there, there's definitely some character issues with Beckham, but the giants have kind of stood by his side for the most part. There was a little 
period of time there. I think it was last off season after that the whole boat thing happened, uh, where they, you know, there were rumors that they were considering trading Odell Beckham, and there were there were there were rumors that they wanted to part ways, but that never came to fruition. And this proves that he's a big part of their future. Obviously, Eli Manning, kind of, you know maybe nearing the end of his career. We don't know how many years he has left, but, you know, Beckham could put this team in a position to have probably one of the biggest stars when you think about it in the game, uh, as far as marketable stars, especially in a big market like New York. Yeah. And I think the, the Eli only having so much time left is the big reason why you see a big extension and locking him up. But that window, right. Is, is rapidly coming to a close. If you don't have a surefire guaranteed quarterback to step in that spot, obviously drafted Saquon Barkley, and I think this is one of those, hey, the window's closed and we just got a couple years left, let's make sure we get our big stars uh, and some big-name players like Saquon Barkley and uh, Odell lined up because, who knows, I mean, it's probably, what, two years max that Eli's got left? Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, how old is Eli? What, 34, 35? I, there's quarterbacks now saying they're they're wanting to play till 40. Obviously, we know Tom Brady's already doing that. So you just don't know how good he's going to be. And Eli's already kind of shown that he's not the quarterback that won two Super Bowls that we remember earlier on in his career. And he's shown some inconsistency, and he's thrown a lot of interceptions at this point in his career. And I just don't know. I don't know how good the Giants can be. Obviously, a lot of that hinges on, you know, if Saquon Barkley can – turn into one of the best running backs in the NFL, like a lot of people are saying he has the potential to be. But, you know, you put that that, that kind of star power on an offense and, and you have a quarterback that's not that great, and what what do you really expect out of him? So I don't know what to expect out of the Giants. I don't know if this, this deal, you know, really does anything to move the needle for them. Obviously, he was going to be there anyway, but uh, it is interesting to see, you know, a guy who was, you know, like we said, you know, kind of a little bit, you know, stood off from the team or they were, they, they were thinking about at least there was rumored that they were thinking about parting ways at one point in his career. Now, you know, he gets this deal. So it's definitely, it's definitely something uh, worth noting, which is why we're leading off the show with it. But uh, Odell Beckham was not the only person to get a big deal here in the last day or two. Uh, we had a couple of Bengals, so we'll go a little in zero bias here, uh, but a couple of Bengals were able to get uh, huge contract extensions as well. Uh, Geno Atkins was the first one that uh, was reported today. Gino gets a huge deal, makes him actually. Um, I, I believe they said it was the, he was going to be the uh, highest paid defensive player um, in the in the league as far as guaranteed money. I, if, if I'm was reading that correctly earlier, um, so this is a huge deal. Obviously, the Bengals. He's really been their anchor on that defensive line. He's been to the Pro Bowl multiple times. But uh, what do you make of this deal for Gino Atkins? They also re-signed Carlos Dunlap, who. Uh, gets a three-year extension for $45 million. I think uh, Geno's was four-year $60 million. So what did you make of those two two deals? I, as a Browns fan, I hate it, right? I mean, those are, are two key pieces that you know, he very much deserves it, uh, kind of opposite of Odell, right? I mean, not a lot of questions about his character. has been fairly healthy outside of that that uh, one season in 2013 um, where he missed some time. So uh, a guy who very much deserves it, a guy who's always going to be around that 9-10 sack mark, 9-10-11-12 sack mark a year. Um, so good for him. I mean, he deserves it. Uh, I think that's a very that's a very fair deal based on what we've seen recently. So kind of opposite of what we said with Odell, where I think overpaid and, and a lot of question marks. I think this is very smart. You lock him up. This is going to be his last big deal, likely. Uh, he's 30 this year, so this is probably his – 
his last big time to cash in and then right off into the sunset. So uh, good for Gino and, and very much locks in, locks in that Bengals defensive line for a few more years. Yeah, I was I was interested after seeing the Gino deal because the Gino deal I kind of expected to get done, but the Dunlap deal was one that a lot of people were saying. You know, they've got a lot of young talent. They've drafted defensive ends pretty high in these last few drafts. You know, they've got guys like Jordan Willis and um, uh, I'm, I'm escaped his name's escaping me uh, from Auburn, but uh, they've got they've drafted a lot of guys relatively high, uh, and this really was a, a deal that you know people were saying could get done but we really didn't know so carl lawson is the other guy i was thinking of uh but but this is a this is a deal like I, like you said that cements the veterans on this defensive line for years to come and gives them a little bit of flexibility uh with some of these younger guys whether or not they want to keep them around i think it's kind of a good play on their part atkins and dunlap have both made pro bowls uh they've both shown that they can be productive and atkins really is probably one of the best best three or four defensive tackles in the league as well, I mean, he's he's always a disruptor. He doesn't necessarily fill up the stat sheet. You mentioned he has eight or nine sacks a year, but he doesn't really fill up the stat sheet like you would expect some of the best defensive linemen to do. But he seems to always be in the play, disrupting things at the line of scrimmage, whether it's run, run uh, the opposition running the ball or or even uh, you know uh, getting at the passer when when they're dropping back as well. So yeah. I love and it. As Carlos a done that same thing. I mean, you know, it's kind of similar amount of sack numbers, and they, and also like you said always around the play and another guy who's been pretty healthy. Uh, so, you know, very mirror images of each other on some level. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it as a Bengals fan. It's, it's been good to watch them this preseason. It's, they've been able to stay relatively healthy, knock on wood as they go to Indy here on Thursday, but uh, they've been able to stay pretty healthy and they've seen like guys like, uh, you know, Tyler Eifert, who's been injured a lot. He's been able to stay healthy through this preseason, relatively speaking, and he caught a pass in their last game. John Ross had a big reception after he stayed injured most of the season last year. So hopefully, you know, they can continue to stay healthy and get some of these younger guys that they've spent some higher draft picks on to, to join guys like Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap in their success. So I, I, we talked about this with our preview of the AFC North division. I think it's going to be a, a really fun year in that division. Um, I threw a, just a throwaway uh, futures bet on the Bengals winning the Super Bowl when I was in Las Vegas this past weekend, 100 to 1 odds, which I think is absolutely insane. But I'll take it. You know, I think it's funny uh, just to throw that bet out there. I don't think it's going to happen. But it's going to be a fun year in that division nonetheless. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about somebody that we've brought up on previous shows, and that's Khalil Mack. He's uh, – just can't seem to, to come to side or come to terms there with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, and, and we just don't know if this is ever going to get done. It looks like this holdout now they're reporting is going to go into the season. There were some reports that he may be traded. One of the teams that was rumored was on choose Green Bay Packers. Uh, whether or not he stays with the team or, or, or goes, where do you see this all ending up? I mean, and what are the Raiders thinking? I mean, Khalil Mack is by far one of the best defensive players in the league. I just don't get how these two two sides can't come to terms on a deal here. Yeah, I, this doesn't end well no matter what happens. I mean, if he stays in Oakland, just some serious bad blood that's brewing. I mean, how are you not going to give a, a guy who's who's at past couple of years combined for for nearly 100 tackles, uh, over 10 sacks a year. I mean, how are you not giving that guy a, and just an anchor, a young anchor to that defense of a very up-and-coming and, and arguably Super Bowl contender team? How are you not locking him up? I mean, that's just – it's absurd, uh, and the fact you can't come to some sort of agreement is is absolutely mind-boggling. I honestly – the way this is going, I don't foresee him being a Raider 
by middle of this year. I mean, I think you have to trade him at this point. I mean, if he's if you can't come to an agreement and he's going to sit out, uh, I, I think the the bridge has been burned at some point. I mean, even if you can come to an agreement, he there has to be some just some bad feelings there. I mean, how is he going to even want to play there? As uh, I mean, you don't want to ever question a guy of how hard he's going to play, but right that motivation maybe not quite as there, that kind of will to win that extra gear that you need to really compete in the NFL if you're just pissed off at everyone around you. So no matter what happens, it's not going to end well, but I just I think you, at some point you're going to have to. If this goes more than maybe two, three games into the year, you have to trade him. Or, or I think you have, you're in a very, very bad spot with your organization at that point. Yeah, it's such a bad look for the organization too, because you have their head coach, John Gruden has come out multiple times coming to defense of Khalil Mack and saying they, they really need his leadership in the clubhouse and they're, he's, he's missed for a lot of reasons. It's, it's unfortunate that your head coach is that outspoken in defending you and wanting you to be a part of this team and be in that huddle. But, but uh, he, he just, you know, he has no control over them getting a deal done. And it seems like the Raiders just don't want to pay him what he's probably worth. And that's, that's unfortunate. This is a team that came in third in the division last year. Uh, they struggled with injuries on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball, he was their heart and soul. So I just don't know how you get better if you don't resign the heart and soul of your team. Now, I don't know. I would say even not only just the defense or he's probably the, the should be the captain of the entire team. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously you're going to make a quarterback, the, um, you know, one of your captains, captain. but yeah, sure. off- but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's and Derek Carr's a great leader to his, to his defense. Yeah. And why not lock up your two best leaders? I mean, it's just absolutely absurd that you have two of the of the best players, and we can get into you know separate debate of where Derek Carr ranks on list of quarterbacks. But um, you know, two preeminent players at the position, and one of them super pissed off at you. Not a good look. Yeah, definitely. So we did want to keep this show a little shorter here tonight. Uh, wanted to just kind of catch you guys up on the, the few pieces of news there in the NFL. But uh, we, do, we will get to our oh, by the ways, as always. Uh, Dan, why don't you get us started? Um, so my oh, by the way, since we didn't really get a chance to talk a lot of baseball, or, or any baseball, I should say, on that one, is Jose Padista getting traded. The bat flip that will live in infamy uh, is now on his way to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, from the New York Mets, so a very short-lived experiment there for Jose Batista. Uh, but the Phillies just trading for anybody and, and anyone they can to try to get some some extra firepower in that lineup to really put them over the top here as the playoff race really heats up in the National League. So another team for Jose Batista. Uh, maybe I'll get him even some more Twitter follows along the way. <laughs> wanted to at least get a little bit of baseball in the this yeah, Joe has been on the move quite a few times over the last few years, for sure. Yeah. My I just want to briefly touch on a couple of He also touched on the big one in uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, but Alshon Jeffrey looks like he's going to probably miss at least the first two weeks of the season for the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. Uh, we also have Doug Baldwin, who's been fighting injuries. Sounds like he is on pace to return for the week of the season, but it sounds like he may not be 100%. So, the Seahawks really could use his help as uh, they need to get their offense going here early in the season. And then the last piece uh, was Des Bryant. Obviously, he had the visit with your Browns. 
They couldn't come to a deal. The Browns did make him an offer, but he wasn't happy with the numbers that they offered him. Uh, and he said he, he definitely will be playing somewhere this season, but I think he's waiting for his market to heat up as maybe some injuries happen and things of that nature. So we will keep an eye on everything NFL. We're getting so close to the season. We can all taste it. Dan, anything left for the good of the group before we call it? Uh, one special shout out for one of our longest time leftovers listeners. Uh, happy birthday to my dad. Um, so quick shout out. Hopefully you're listening uh, on the show. Have a nice dinner with him. I made it back here to record this for you all. So happy birthday, Dad. Uh, I love it. Happy birthday, Mr. Bauer. For Dan Bauer, I'm Josh Dunn. This is your hump day edition of The Leftovers. <laughs>